was a teenage wedding and the old folks wished him well. You could see that Pierre did truly love the mademoiselle. And now the young monsieur and madame have rung the chapel bell. C'est la vie, c'est the old folks, it goes to show you never can tell. They furnished off an apartment with a This is In the Know for Tuesday, October 13, the 287th day of 2020. There are 79 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through In the Know at K105. On Litchfield Country Station, 103.9 The Moose, live online at K105.com, via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud or iTunes podcast. On Facebook Watch, on YouTube Live, on Periscope, and the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. We will look back on the debate from last night. Winners, losers, was it a win, was it a loss, was it a draw? Day number two of the Amy Coney Barrett SCOTUS nomination hearing is uh, underway in Frankfurt. And uh, a fall-like day in store for us. That and a whole lot more coming up today here on In the Know. She's the pride of Pumpkin Center, the heiress to the great miniburger fortune. She's Vera Wang's arch nemesis and the professional bargain hunter's woman of the year. She's Misty Embry Thomas. Hey. How's Misty? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing uh, very well. You look short over there on your stool. I do. Yeah, we're gonna My have to give you. We're gonna have to yes. fuzzy pumper barbershop you over there or get you a little <laughs> higher momentarily. It's, it's it's as high as it goes. Like my legs are up on the table. Oh yeah, point. it is, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah. Like oh yeah. My... <laughs> I, now that I look over there at you, you do look yeah, taller than I am. It's the camera. It's yeah, not me. I I got it. I have a feeling we'll probably uh, be fixing that. <laughs> uh, Beach is on assignment today. And so uh, he's the five-time Silver Sal nominee, three-time winner of the coveted Ohio's Newshawk Award, covering every corner of the globe, London, Moscow, Paris, and Hartford. (laughs) Sam Gormley. And the sports and stuff. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad. I really thought we had our camera figured out. Yeah, I think the issue was is that we we set it to both of us, and we both oh, yeah. are a little taller. She's shoddy. Um, <laughs> shoddy, yes. <laughs> but uh, either that or the gremlins came in and and messed with it last night. So because I felt like we we had had got it right. I think they only come out on Thursdays. Uh, we were trying to improve things, and uh, well, you um, over improved it. We got a D minus. <laughs> what we got, which is what I'm most. Uh, most frequently. At least you're on par for life. Known for. Yeah. Hey, I don't know if you have noticed, but I was driving at night a week or so ago, and it was the beautiful moon up in the eastern sky, and I looked, and I said, what is that behind the moon? Yeah. And it, uh, I knew it has to be a planet. It could be Jupiter. It could be Venus. It could mm-hmm. be Mars. And if you are watching the sky these days, um, this is the week, by the way, the best week to see Mars 
If you will look at the moon, if you can catch a clear sky and you will look at the moon, you will see what it is evident that Mm. it is a planet. And so uh, if you're looking for a break from some earthly concerns this week, then Mars might give you an option. So, in fact, this will be the best week to see the planet for 32 years. Hmm. It looks like the head off of that creepy Disney Halloween movie. Yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas? Yes, it looks like his head. It does look a little like Jack Skellington. It has almost stitches across the middle of it. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, But it's uh, before we get to the the moon part of the day and the Mars part of the day, we are expecting a fabulous fall day ahead. We will see uh, late week rain chance followed by a big cool down and some frost potential for Saturday morning. You should take that back. So you might (laughs) always cover your... Cover your vegetation that you might be worried about because it's going to come and go. We shouldn't have frost for very many days. Uh, just one day, in fact. Today, sunny, 72. Chamber of Commerce weather today. Mm-hmm. The chamber director was just here, was so just I here. thought I would call it chamber uh, Chamber of Commerce weather. Sunny and 72. Mostly clear and 50 tonight. Mostly sunny and 78 for tomorrow is what we can expect. Day number two of the Judge Barrett Senate confirmation hearing. Bless her heart. Yesterday, I I was busy doing other things, so I don't know what the total run time was. But yesterday, she sat in her confirmation hearing masked and did not say a word for at least two hours and 37 minutes. She listened to most of the, well, not most, the Republican uh, senators on this committee, you know, had complimentary things to say and we're not trying to uh, showboat or create a narrative that would be disparaging toward her confirmation. But she just basically sat there and, you know, when you only have someone's eyes to judge, she she could have been sticking her tongue out at senators oh, behind was, that mask. She was dirty mm-hmm. mouthing you all, and you didn't know it. <laughs> but she was just bless her. Her She's body language didn't change. She just sat no, there. I'm like, are you alive? She just kind of sat there, and she would blink, and she uh-huh. would just listen to what they were saying. She she certainly didn't pull a Kamala Harris. what she did during the (laughs) debate with Mike Pence last week, her facial expressions and body language. Yeah. See, that would have been me because I am very express. I am extra with the expressions. Oh, you're crazy. So am I. I mean, I think, I think uh, if you watch the show, you probably get whiplash from my hand movements. (laughs) All right. But I'm not running for vice president. People are backing up. Nor am I in a Senate confirmation (laughs) hearing, but just to show you the, the polar opposites, of an Amy Coney, Coney Barrett sitting there versus a Kamala Harris in the way that her yeah. gyrations, I don't know what you what you call those. She's, yeah, she's, yeah, Amy is very calm. I watched long enough to go, is she alive or is that a robot version? <laughs> is she an animatronic? Yeah, But she did finally speak and she got to give her opening statement. She said uh, mm-hmm. a few things. Uh, she said in her opening statement, she said Americans of all backgrounds deserve an independent Supreme Court that interprets our Constitution and the laws as they are written. And I believe I can serve my country by playing that role. She also said in uh, the content of Justice Scalia's reasoning, his judicial uh, judicial philosophy was straightforward. A judge must apply the law as written, not mm-hmm. as the judge wishes it were. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that approach meant reaching results that he did not like, but as he put it in one of his best-known opinions, that is what it means to say we have a government of laws, not of men. How can you argue with that? Right. And the thing is, they aren't arguing with her. 
she's going to get this. She's going to be the whipping girl of this narrative that uh, Feinstein and those other uh, uh, Democratic senators are trying to fit today mm-hmm. that you're going to rip health care away from people. This is the storyline. This is the talking point. They've all agreed. This is the one we're going to double down on. This is the one that we're going to try to scare Americans into that if you vote for Donald Trump, then Amy Coney Barrett is going to rip the health care right out from underneath you mm-hmm. right, right, right as soon as the election is over. And that's what they're – I don't know how effective it will be, but – for her, is that this, this, I will agree with Kamala Harris. This is a sham. Yeah. The Democratic senators are calling this hearing a sham. You know why it's a sham? Because you all don't want to ask her about her, her true thoughts on the law and being an associate justice of the Supreme Court. You're trying to turn this into a three-day campaign commercial to undermine the credibility of the Trump administration and a Senate-controlled, the Republican-controlled Senate ahead of Election Day. I had That's a lady say to me, made the statement recently, I had no idea this is how that our confirmation hearings work. This is terrible, the things that they're saying to her. And I said, did you miss Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation say, hearing? This is this is happy. This is like we went to Santa Claus, Indiana, and went to Santa, you know, Santa Claus Holiday World. <laughs> it is pretty nice, considering, right? yeah. This is nothing. So today they've been tasked with finding the Kavanaugh hearings and watching that before they return back to the Barrett. Hearings. So today there 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 are twelve senators who are Republicans. There are ten senators who are Democrats, and each senator gets thirty minutes of question and answer. So to showcase really what this is going to be like today, watch the watch the Democratic senators. They'll use their time. They'll talk for twenty nine minutes and make this long-winded, you know, question. It's not not really a question. This long-winded narrative about this and that and just trying to be talk about their talking points. And at the end, they'll say, and what's your favorite color? (laughs) To say, well, I used my time for questions. Oh, I'm sorry, we're out of time for your answer. We didn't Mm -hmm. want to know that your favorite color is off yellow. Right. Which is an awkward color. If it is an out awkward there color for really her. likes that, for we need to have a conversation for, about your, for your vision. Her, her to choose. Now, wait, now my camera's say, moving. You're just, it just moved. I, I was going to say, it's about to fall okay. off the wall now. And I saw no gremlins, period, the end. I saw, I saw it out of the corner of my eye. I saw it move, and you just – I not, wish I had instant replay. Not even a big truck drove by. I'm waiting for it to fall off the wall now. Don't. Fall off the wall. Wilson. Right? Hi. <laughs> Turn your head sideways and be Wilson. This is, I can't get any further away. <laughs> I'm going to need an extension. Uh, there was a big debate last night in Lexington. Um, I, my biggest takeaway, I did watch, watch every minute, every second of the McGrath and McConnell debate. Mm-hmm. It, I didn't know she was a Marine. <laughs> Did you see any of it? I did not. I was in class all night <laughs> for a looking long while last night. So Amy McGrath was in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, case, in case you didn't know before last night. And she's you, a mom. You, and she's a she's mom. mom. And you know now the kids got a couple of shout outs. That's good. Um, Lieutenant Colonel retired. Lieutenant Colonel retired. Uh, and he and he being McConnell started off thanking thanking you for his uh, her service, but then also maybe threw his shoulder out of joint by taking credit for being the person who advanced the causes of women to be able to fly fighter jets in combat. He did uh, use the opportunity to do to the do age that. range lines up. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I 
I thought I thought it was pretty obvious that he didn't spend much time preparing. But if you're on calls with him, the 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 talking points that he uses are pretty much the same. If you hear him, whether he's in a debate or whether he's he's seasoned, he's a good debater. The bar was set for so low for her because of her performance during the primary yeah. that she didn't really have to do very well to seem like she did well. She had prepared well, and and so it <laughs> see, and I think a lot of people said, oh, "Well, she did she did well." Well, she certainly did well compared to what we saw from her in the spring. And I'm not saying she did poorly. She did what she needed to do, but I just don't know that it's going to change much of the uh, much of the outcome. She has the benefit of speaking in daydreams. She has the benefit of saying, you know, she doesn't have a record that she has to defend. She doesn't she doesn't have a, you know, a key vote or she doesn't have time in Washington. And so that's to her credit and to her blame, but it's hard to look at her and then say, "Well, you took this stance on this and you took stance on this." She she kind of has to get the Pelosi Schumer shroud. Yeah. That's what he's trying to throw on her. And and he's I mean, he He's, he's right. Yes, but she's never been there in the mixology of give and take for bills right. and having to change really what I want to do to achieve this other thing. I didn't. I thought she seemed there are a couple of points where she seemed a little juvenile and her youth mm-hmm. showed through. Uh, how's that working out for you, Kentucky? You know, like how's that how, how, snarky? Yeah, it was it was that. And I thought, well, that doesn't seem particularly senatorial. But I mean, she is, uh, you know, a lot younger. But. The the other thing to, to that's hard to know is. By the way, I read Mitch Please. I read Matt Jones' book in the last couple of weeks, and so I've I've gotten the full full on talking points of why Mitch McConnell has been bad for Kentucky and the country, et cetera. Which I don't I don't uh, agree with, but it was it was a, a nice read. You know, say okay, well here's what you know some other people think. We will never know what wouldn't have happened. Without his leadership, so you can say here are things here are things that he's been unable to do, mm-hmm. but there are a whole list of things that Kentucky has benefited from in the last thirty six years that we would never know for sure wouldn't have happened were it not for him. Now, is it enough to justify the thirty six years? I don't know. You'll have to decide that. But it's very hard to get in there and say, "Well, what do you have to show for your time?" Well, just look around at a lot of the things that have happened to Kentucky, and you can trust that some of those things probably wouldn't have. And here's the other thing, that the grenade that she was casting at his feet, and I thought that she she gnawed on this bone a little bit too long. He can't get the deal done. He won't negotiate. A negotiation requires two people. A negotiation requires two parties meeting in the middle and compromising. And his point was is that the Speaker of the House is not interested in compromising before November 3rd. The Speaker of the House is saying, no, we're just going to throw all of this. We want this bill that we know will never be passed. But that way we can say, well, you didn't want to meet us at the Mm -hmm. table. And so it just... Well, and I talked to to Congressman Guthrie last week about when we are in a pandemic, can we... Can, can the Republicans propose a law that says during a pandemic only the skinny bill goes through? Like, let's do what's right for the people and stop adding and tacking on our agendas and going into this back-and-forth supposed negotiation that politicians are known for, this give-and-take. Let's stop and let's, let's present clean bills one topic at a time, get it done. And I'm a fan of – the logistics would never work, but – an anonymous bill. You oh, don't know old. who presented it. Just get the topic out there and get it passed. <laughs> you or mean not passed. the old amendment? The <laughs> amendment to a bill? 
uh, tacking on an amendment here and there. Uh, Governor Bashir said he um, has asked his staff to treat him like anybody else who would be in quarantine, and he says that he had a busy Monday and got tired of looking at a screen all day. I'm like, yep. Many of us have been tired of looking Welcome at a screen, a screen all day. I uh, did have the largest Monday of positive COVID cases yeah. uh, to date, and it brought us to uh, 643 was the total, 80,930. We did have a uh, new fatality in Grayson County, a 61-year-old man that we know about, bringing our toll to 17. 672 patients currently hospitalized, 180 currently in ICU, the uh, rolling average 4.16 and one point. Uh, six seven million tests performed. I did. I heard something last week too that has um, that's been that I've been trying to use to um, consider the COVID and the situation that we're in and and uh, how it's impacting our nation. It was a caller actually to Rick and Bubba, and, and um, it was a nice way of uh, looking at it. He said, "You have to be careful about considering the number of people who have died." With COVID nineteen mm-hmm. versus the number of people who have died from COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, I'd never. I've been trying to look for a way to consider the differences and how. And so there are many of our what's it two hundred thousand people in the United States. Very very few of them have died because of COVID nineteen. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so my 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 thing is that it still bears out that those with compromised immune immune. Uh, Immune systems, people who have underlying medical issues, they're the ones that we have to go out of our way to protect and and preserve and, and make sure that, that they don't get the virus. But then there's another group of people, then you gotta do the smart thing, but you can't let it you can't let it paralyze you into action, is my point. So I just thought it was a the with and the of. Mm-hmm. Are is a is a very important delineation, at least to me, that uh, I just stumbled upon last week. Early voting is underway, beginning today. Um, it's a different season. It's unlike we've ever done it before in Kentucky, and uh, we'll be. Matter of fact, um, Representative Heverin is here. We're going to talk to her next segment. Talk a little bit about early voting and how it works, but you can even vote on Saturdays for the next three Saturdays mm-hmm. that uh, we'll be giving you updated information about at K105.com. Twin Lakes Regional, one of seven hospitals in Kentucky to earn a prestigious quality award. That was great news to hear from them. Warren RECC uh, crews, three crews dispatched to aid in Hurricane Delta uh, restoration. You know, they, they do that depending upon who needs help around the country. The LPD, you can read about this at K105.com. The LPD will host a drive through trick or treat event on October the 31st. I love this. This is brilliant. Kids behaving, get treats. Mm-hmm. Parents with outstanding warrants, get tricks. Yes. You come through. <laughs> Stick out your stick out your candy that's bucket. Right, You've right. got a warrant. Slap the cuffs on you. Show your ID to get your treats. <laughs> that's that's exactly. Show right. me the candy. And the uh, Sam, you have the you have the uh, auspicious uh, or the challenge of yesterday sharing with me that the great Joe Morgan passed away yesterday. Yeah. Part really of the sad. Big Red Machine, one of my favorite. Like two-time MVP oh, on both of the championship teams, seventy-five, seventy-six, and a heck of a broadcaster too. Yeah. Went really on to good. be on Sunday Night Baseball with uh, what John Miller. Yeah. I think. Oh yeah. Boy, great combination. So sorry to hear the passing of Joe Morgan. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Representative Samara Hebron is here. We'll talk to her coming right up here on In the Know. 
is Silly Sayings Day. Hmm. It's also Own a Business Day today. Okay. And it's National M&M's Day today. Nom it, nom it. M&M's, a great snack. The coffee flavor. you got to do the coffee flavor. Oh, okay. I'll Go give that a try. Uh, Samara Haverin represents the 18th Legislative District in the Kentucky General Assembly. She is uh, on your ballot for re-election this uh, election season, and she joins us. Welcome back to the show. Good morning. Good morning. I'm excited to be here. Good to see you, as always. Uh, probably the hardest-hitting question. Let's just go ahead and... You know, they say eat the frog. Just go ahead and get get the frog out of the way. So here mm-hmm. it goes. Peanut or plain M&M's? That's change tough. votes. This could change votes. This could change votes. You're yeah. going to be careful with this you one. You know, it honestly <laughs> depends on the mood I am in. Okay. Mm. All right. Mm. Uh, you are Spoken learning like a lot. You are learning. You are, <laughs> le- you, are you are learning a lot. Whatever. Your favorite is my favorite. <laughs> All the M&M's. <laughs> Move that mic boom a little bit your your direction there. Next year. Okay. Very good. Um You've been while you're you're young chronologically. You've been around. You know, you've been spent time in Congress, working in Washington, obviously in Frankfurt. Twenty twenty, much like a lot of things, just different. We have an election season as far as the voting process goes, rather than an election day. Has that been a challenge to um, get kind of focused in your mind that we're going to vote over a three week period instead of a one day period? How are you facing that as a candidate? Yeah, you know, it really changes. It changes everything because generally the last week you're really pushing hard, especially if you're doing mail or anything like that. And so instead of having to push everything out that last week, I've actually had to push everything out in the last month, uh, kind of sporadically making sure it touches different people, whether they're doing a absentee ballot, if they're early voting at one of the courthouses, or if they're voting on November 3rd. I've noticed a lot of candidates, in, in just to your point, in their messaging you know, I, I'm used to, hey, on November the 5th, vote for me. And now a lot of candidates are on November the 5th or sooner, you know, or whenever, whenever you're voting, <laughs> please, please vote whatever for me. Like. So there's, there's more ambiguity. Yeah. I, are you generally supportive or, um, how have you faced the idea of absentee or mail-in balloting? Does this, does this scare you? Have some, are you optimistic? How do you approach it? You know, I actually, I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, while I'll personally be voting on election day um, at my voting precinct, uh, I've not been a big fan of mail-in ballots, but it is what it is. And so I've really tried to look at the position of, well, it's not it's not my favorite. It is the way people are going to vote, and I want to make sure to provide that information for everybody. And so I've really made a, a point on my social media and my mail um, pieces to make sure include information on absentee voting, early voting, or voting on election day. Secretary of State Adams said on Friday that, and I'm sure you you saw the story, said that 700,000 by the by the end of the deadline on Friday, 700,000 Kentuckians would have requested to do the absentee process, uh, largely Fayette, Jefferson, you know, your more populous counties, and that makes sense. He called that the sweet spot. He said that's just enough for proof of concept to test it out and make sure it's all working without overloading clerks. Uh, are you satisfied with that with that sweet spot number as he describes it? 
You know, I'm not sure how many ballots were received in Grayson and Hardin County, so I guess I would need to know those numbers first um, to make a decision like that. You know, I think my biggest thing is during the primary, there were a lot of ballots thrown out, and that can decide a lot of elections. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's probably my biggest concern with mail-in voting. Uh, and, you know, of course, you always have fraud in the back of your mind. Um, but, you know, I look forward to seeing how, it, how it's going to turn out, and I, I hope that uh, it all turns out well. I have maintained that in Kentucky, and just in full disclosure, uh, well, it's, it's not that I'm revealing anything I've been very <laughs> open about. I'm doing. I'm splitting the difference. I have requested an absentee ballot, and then I will deliver it to the clerk's office. Yeah. Uh, so that way, I know if it gets to me, I can cast my vote. And then once that it's once it's there, I feel like if I can return it to the source, then I will have feel like I successfully completed the loop. But where that is a danger is in battleground states. So when, you know, a lot of people say, well, Donald Trump only won 70 by 77,000 votes in 2016 uh, in four different states, so you spread those over. So battleground states, that can make a big difference. Here in Kentucky, we have the luxury of nothing is that closely contested that maybe you might be able to steal an election, but nationally it probably, you know, should be a bit of a concern. Uh, I did read uh, a release from your office uh, last week that I found to be very helpful. And it's one of those footnote items when it comes to voting, and this is on the constitutional amendments. A lot of us voters, we get to the end of the ballot. You know, we go to the polling place, get to the end, and there's this big legalese mumbo-jumbo, and they ask me to answer yes or no, and I think, oh, no, what what do I do? So I thought it was helpful that you release some information on the two constitutional amendments and what to expect when we face our ballot. The first one I would call Marcy's Law 2.0, sort of, and I think a lot of Kentuckians were uh, caught flat-footed about Marcy's Law last time. What's your take on Marcy's Law? You know, I I was – with both of these constitutional amendments, I was I voted yes on them on the floor because I think it's so important that people at the local level get to make decisions on what's added to our constitution. I think it's the purest form of democracy. And so with Marcy's Law, that's why I voted yes on it. You know, I think there are always lots of questions. I'll, I'll explain what, what Marcy's Law does, and it's a bill of rights for crime victims. It adds it to the Constitution. Um, there are, there's questions on both sides. Should this be added to the Constitution? Or, you know, should it just we, should we make sure to follow the laws and make sure our laws are up to date? And, you know, I think it's up to the voter to decide how they feel about it. I know when it was, it was, it was voted for, and then it was... Um was stricken on on appeal because it was somewhat ambiguous, and hopefully Kentuckians have had a little more time to figure it out. On the premise, on the whole, it's, you know, if you heard heard Whitney Westerfield uh, tell you about it and he were standing out here on the sidewalk, it would make sense. But in the legal construct in which it was proposed, it was a little unsettling because you weren't sure, well, what, what all does this mean? And now there's a third attorney involved in all different and court costs and like all that stuff. It was just very concerning. The second one is one that I've tried to study up uh, more uh, recently, and I was alarmed to learn how little legal experience that you need to become a judge in Kentucky, and this tries to resolve that somewhat. 
Tell yeah. me, what's your take on the second constitutional yeah. amendment? Mark, real quick, I do want to make a point about Marcy's Law. There's been some false information that it would uh, take away your due process rights, and that is not true. Okay. Uh, so I want to set the record straight on that. Thanks for uh, that. You're welcome. As for the second constitutional amendment, it's really about the judicial branch. You know, it does two major things. One, it takes the Commonwealth attorney's term from six years to eight years. It increases the judge's term, uh, the district judge's term, from four years to eight years. And it also changes the experience required for a district judge. Currently, there's only two-year requirement, two years experience that is required, and it actually ups that to eight years. Which (laughs) just (laughs) seems seems to make sense to me is that I, I didn't realize that I could go to law school, knock around for a couple of years, and then shoehorn my way into a judgeship. Um, it's it's troubling that it was it was that way. So I hope that that is resolved. And I also think that judges probably shouldn't be having to run every four years as well. But this helps line up with some redistricting to shift caseload. Is that some of the yeah. the other intention of this legislation yes, or of this it, constitutional amendment? It absolutely is, Mark. It's about redistricting, and you know that's something that's been working. They've been working on at the federal level, and it's something I think we need to work on at the state level too. I read a release. Um, your your office is very good about, or you. I don't. You may be doing it directly. I don't know. Um, kind of giving a recap of things you've observed in Frankfurt over the last few weeks. Very committee centric over the last few weeks. What are the biggest things you've observed in Frankfurt over the last two months that we really need to know about going forward? You know, the, t- the two biggest things I can think of, one is unemployment. We're still really struggling to get unemployment to people. Um, you know, as many of you all have heard, Governor Bashir brought $800 million without any say from the General Assembly. And so that's something we're going to have to look at next session, how we're going to be able to pay that on top of everything else, all the other costs that COVID has brought Um with the economy and everything like that, and also rural broadband. That has been a huge conversation, especially with students that are having to stay at home um, to learn. And, you know, I think that it's a big conversation, and I'm really excited. That's something I really want to focus on this next session is, is broadband and seeing how we can bring that to rural Kentucky. I was reading, it was very interesting how uh, talking about, you know, coal jobs disappearing in eastern Kentucky and some of the rare bright spots are areas where there just happens to be these little islands of broadband in eastern Kentucky that provide job opportunities, you know, they're, they're job oasis uh, for for people. And so when I saw that in your uh, in your information you released, I mean, you sing it because I'm I'm more about more broadband yeah. uh, any way we can we can do it. And as I recall, we spent a lot of money to have this broadband network around the state, but it's turned into uh, a bit of a a bit of a boondoggle. What, in the next legislative session, Representative Heverin, what are the the biggest issues facing Kentucky that are not COVID-related, if it's possible to separate COVID from, can we segregate COVID or is everything COVID-related? Everything is COVID-related. I tried. (laughs) I I really tried. I tried. You did. (laughs) You know, we at the end of last session, we only did a one-year budget. So when we come in in a 30-day session in January, we're going to have to do another annual budget. And it's going to all affect – everything affects – everything is affected by COVID. And so we're going to have to look at that. And that includes transportation funding. Um, I think that will be a really big topic of conversation. I think you can expect to hear a conversation about a gas tax. 
I think, uh, including that, you're going to hear about different revenue sources that we need to be looking at. You know, that was something that took up a lot of um, oxygen in the room last year with sports betting and and things like that. I think those will continue to be conversations. Uh, As I've heard, those things keep coming up every year. And so things like that. We're also going to have to talk about unemployment, how we're going to fix the system and seeing what we can do with that. And then we're also... As a, a big topic of conversation has been is 39A, uh, the emergency powers. That's going to be something that we're going to look at. But what's interesting is something to think about is we're going to have to look at this as a way for the future. It's not just of you know tackling Governor Bashir whether you like him or not. <laughs> it's also making sure we're going to have a Republican in, in office again in the governor's seat. And so it's important to, whenever we're making those, to be strategic in that you know, no matter who's in office, we don't want these to have these special powers. And I think it's also going to include a lot of conversation about the General Assembly being able to call them themselves into session or being able to be called into session X amount of days after an emergency order is created. Kind of hamstrung the legislature is uh, by having to go through such long periods of time without being able to officially take action on things. So, yes, uh, in the in this new world that we're living in and a, in a world of divided government, it's important that those balance of powers remain balanced. You can't, Indeed. you know, you, you can't, you've got to keep the scales somewhat uh, level and equitable between the two. And some of your messaging I've seen, uh, I've, I've heard you touting that um, you are uh, endorsed by GLI. What What is GLI? Why should I care what it is? So GLI is Greater Louisville, Inc., and it includes uh, the regional uh, counties of Louisville, Jefferson County. And they are a big part of, of the chamber world, including the Kentucky Chamber, of course. I also received their endorsement. It was really neat. Uh, GLI actually named me a 2020 Most Valuable Policymaker. I received that award uh, with just how votes I took help the business community. You know, small businesses are a backbone of our economy, and we see that. And we've especially seen that here in Grayson County during COVID-19. It has warmed my heart so much to see so many people come together to support our local businesses. I also heard yesterday or day before or sometime in the last few days, it did make me chuckle because uh, you got the endorsement of Senator Rand Paul, which if you surely most people know your relationship with Senator Paul. You you were in charge of his schedule for quite some time. Uh, but it did kind of make me laugh. Like, how awkward would it be if your former employer doesn't endorse you? You know, like, that's the, that's the true report card. Yes. So did you breathe a sigh of relief to know that Senator Paul <laughs> is on board? I did. I was very glad. <laughs> uh, I was glad to see after my first session that he was still supportive of me. Um, no, and, you know, I've received some great endorsements. I've received Senator Paul's. I've received the NRA endorsement and also the right to life, which are all really big endorsements to me. What do we need to know? You know, there, there are people who are voting today. There are people who have already voted. In fact, they've done so by uh, absentee ballot and uh, returning those through the various methods. As we face our ballot, what do we need to know about you specifically that would uh, drive our decision making? You know, ever since I was elected in November 2019, I've not stopped. I've continued working hard. Uh, I've been a, a big voice for the 18th District in Grayson County. I was able to get 26.5 million dollars for of infrastructure funding to make sure we've got the roads that we need to have a great economy in the 18th District. Uh, I've I've made it a priority to inform my constituents about what's going on, whether it's constitutional amendments on the ballots, what's going on committees, votes that we've taken. Uh, I feel like I've been very accessible, and I think that's very important for someone that's representing the 18th district in the state legislature. I will continue to work hard and dedicate myself to making sure that we have a voice at the table. 
Thanks for stopping by, as always. Uh, good luck in this, I was going to say, on election day, but it's not. It's good luck on election days. It would be <laughs> For the next three for, weeks. For the next three weeks. <laughs> Keep your fingers crossed. Keep up the good work, too. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. That's Representative Samara Havron representing the 18th Legislative District here in Kentucky. Got to get to a break. Be back with more here on In the Know. Crayon color most often used is black. Really? Really. Black is the crayon color. I would have thought blue or often red or yeah, something that really. I would have gone yeah. with blue, but then I would have had to double check myself because it happens to be my favorite color. Mm-hmm. So would I be choosing that because you know it's the one that it's my go-to? I would have guessed green just because you're typically coloring things outside. A lot of grass. The least of the least used has to be white. Doesn't it? Uh-huh. I mean, mm-hmm. the you color white, on a white sheet of paper. The white usually. crayon is ineffective. Yeah, it's, it, it doesn't even look good on construction paper. Even when you're trying to use it on orange or purple or some other paper, no. it just doesn't. It doesn't have the potency that the crayon that the white crayon needs to needs to have. But that's just me. Uh, but in case you do care what I think about entertainment, I have now seen the first two episodes of the new series. The Nat Geo Disney Plus series, The Right Stuff. Yeah. It's, um, I it's, saw a preview for that. Oh, yeah, it's really good. It's, I remember when I was a kid and The Right Stuff miniseries came out and it was formative. It, it was great. But, uh, what's it about? I've not seen the that. Mercury 7, the Mercury space program, John Glenn and oh, Alan okay. Shepard. Right. And so, America's earliest astronauts. Very good. And uh, when they were recruited out of the service branches, and then they were sent down to Florida to build NASA, and um, it's uh, it's good. It's cool. got the role that Life Magazine played in mm-hmm. shaping the narrative. Uh, Life Magazine had an exclusive with uh, the astronauts with the Mercury Seven to help tell their stories, and they were compensated, and it was it helped America fall in love with the space program, which then meant votes, which then votes meant money for the space program. Speaking of, modern-day NASA and HBO will develop a new scripted series about Elon Musk's SpaceX. HBO is in uh, development a limited series about the rise of SpaceX, which is Elon Musk's private rocket company that is in the midst of reviving the U.S. space Aspirations. You know, is this like a documentary or is it like Space Force kind of thing on Netflix it, where it's more of a – No, it's going to be scripted okay. and I think it will be serious. Okay. It won't be Steve Carell. <laughs> it, if they want it to be funny, they'll put Steve Carell in it. I, right. By the way, I've only gotten past the first episode of that. It, I watched it. It was – I mean, it was weird hearing Steve Carell talk with the his accent. Yes, my but my appetite for comedy in – sitcom for Steve Carell is I'm expecting Michael Scott. And he's not Michael Scott. And he's not Michael Scott. Yeah, uh, he's been typecast. I can see him in other movies, and I don't think of Michael Scott. Uh, I, he He's in The Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, and he's phenomenal in that. He basically plays Matt Lauer. And and so I, di- I was not looking at him thinking Michael Scott, but if you put him in this 30-minute format yeah. in this uh, – 
He's serious about everything, but everyone else knows what a goof he is. I'm just expecting Thunder Mifflin. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just that's what I'm completely expecting. The war with Grandpa tops the box office last weekend with get this three point six million dollars. <laughs> which is the smallest number one debut well, since 1988. I had no idea this movie was even a thing. Yeah, I didn't either. I'm like, I, what is this? The I had no idea there were any movie theaters open. I didn't either. And I guess it's largely drive-ins. But Robert De Niro's The War with Grandpa topped the domestic box office this weekend with $3.6 million. You'd have to go back to... Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, <laughs> or whatever came out right. in 1988. Polly Shore in Biodome. Right, as you were say, it was probably Polly Shore, Shore and Brendan Fraser in Biodome. <laughs> uh, sadly, the wave of Nutcracker cancellations mean you probably will not be able to see uh, Clara and Uncle Drosselmeyer and the Sugar Plum Fairies this holiday season. Can you live a season without the Nutcracker? I'm probably going to make it. You'll be all right? Uh, I think so. I feel good about seeing 2020. This one time? Yeah. (laughs) If you're curious, uh, Kanye West has published his first new presidential campaign commercial. Okay. All right. Uh, If you're tired of the Biden commercials or you're tired of the Trump commercials, you can can see Kanye's. There's a third choice of crazy out there. Yes. This is good. This is good. I, I got my ballot. Not too long ad. ago, and he's on there. Is he really? He's on your ballot? Oh, yeah, he is. 100%. Yeah, I've not opened mine yet. So. Can yes. we vote for two people? Uh, by, a backup? I, I, by the way, I will say for the McGrath campaign, okay, that they've got money to set on fire, uh, which is clear. They've even gone to making cartoons. <laughs> They're pretty clever, too. <laughs> 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 and <laughs> I will say they have enough money to do lots of different creative I mean, she has seven different messages that I can think of that she's running. The most recent one is now holding the little daily bread pamphlet that she said she read every day when she was, you know, stationed in the Marines, which surely there's somebody looking into it to try to find that one day she didn't read the daily bread. You said it was every day. But, yeah, they're doing a lot of different messaging out there. And Jessica Alba says she's going on a week-long break to get away from her kids, saying, I've had enough. To which all the other parents in the country said, wait, you can do that. Wait, that's an option? <laughs> yes, I didn't know you I could opt in to the week away from the kids. So. Who, who takes the kids for the week? So, say everybody else, what are you doing next week? I'm pulling a Jessica Alba. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Got to get to a break. Got more on the way. Hang around here on In the Home. Point to ponder for today is more of a, an assignment for you, no matter where you are. My favorite thing to do in fall is today's going to be a beautiful fall day. Oh, I thought you were wanting me to fill in for you. I'm like, um, no, yeah, you can. Yeah, what is it? Is watch your favorite thing? Okay, Sam, watch football. Oh, I thought I was supposed to pick one for you. No, no, no. Oh, I mean, you can. You can yeah. give it a try for me if you want to. My favorite thing in fall is to nap. Mmm. 
No, actually, you know what I love about fall? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's your favorite thing about spring? Naps. Okay. I'm just checking. <laughs> I'm just checking. Okay. March Here's what I love about fall is that it's sweatshirt and short weather. You know, you gotta you gotta like mix up the wardrobe. But I love like a good hot cup of cider or coffee or hot chocolate, like on a porch swing when it's just in the afternoon it's a little bit cool. Okay. So you're saying like a hoodie and flip flops. Yeah. Yeah. Like so the it's mix. still warm enough. You want something on your arms, but you don't want to be constricted. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. But it's yeah. just like it's cool enough that you enjoy a warm drink, but it's not so cold you can't be outside. I like that that middle ground of October mm-hmm. when the days are seventy two and seventy three and the nights are in the fifties yep. and so I like that that hot Humid sweltering is gone, yep. and we're not to that 50 degree as the mm-hmm. high yet. We've run into that a lot during the – we had a week of soccer games where it was – in the first half, it was we were all in shorts and a T-shirt, and by the end of the game, we were all wrapped up in our, in our heavy yeah. coats. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. that's the – and this time of year, once the sun sets – it's Hold cool in a hurry oh, yeah. because Hold it's so as, much as I so said, much further away from us. As I said, Cody looked like the kid from the Christmas story, all wrapped up in his <laughs> couldn't put his arms down. Yeah, he put his arms all down. Uh, speaking of K one hundred five Digital Productions, you got coverage this week tonight. Uh, Lady Cougar volleyball against Breckenridge County. It's the only team that the Lady Cougars have lost to this year. They're sixteen and one, have wow. won fourteen or seventeen and one, and have won fifteen straight. Misty, I don't have time. What time is that, by the way? What time's coverage? Uh, today? Uh, Seven o'clock, six forty-five coverage. Okay, uh, Misty, I don't. Um, I don't have time to get into it, but you know I go out of my way to find stories mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. that help make you feel less responsible for the loss of a library book. I know. Book returned to a library nearly 60 years overdue. It was checked out 58 years later from December 1962. There are the details on it. So I really, like I've searched my house high and low. Moved but one out of the, of the office that Sam is now in, where I would have had the book. I think someone stole it. One of these days, it will surface, though. I think someone stole it. It will surface somewhere. I didn't lose it. Someone I did not. It. No, I did this, not this happened a long time ago, Sam. Before you were apart. It's it not, not on only, the bookshelf, is it? No, it's not only a book. It is like a final copy of the history book. Of Chris yeah, it is one book. It was. <laughs> it's. You know, it's a first edition. It's kind of the first and only edition. It's like me losing the Geneva Bible, <laughs> <laughs> Grayson County. It's... See, to make up for it, the cost me sixty bucks. Sure, <laughs> in like piece. I got you the Gutenberg Bible for your birthday. That I know, year. and I appreciate, and I appreciate that you gave it to me safely, just in picture form. Mm-hmm. You can't lose it. <laughs> can't lose it. Uh, on ABC tonight, the season fourteen premiere of The Bachelorette. Really. Did we finish The Bachelor and I missed it? And then uh, season two premiere of Tell Me a Story on the CW. There's also NFL tonight, which is weird. Tuesday uh, night yeah, football. Tuesday night. Was it the Ooh. Titans and Bills? I think that's right. That's bizarre. Tuesday night football. Ba, 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 ba. Can't even make a song out of that. Today's Maybe. highlight in history. This date in 1775, the United States Navy had its origins as the Continental Congress ordered the construction of a naval fleet. Well, anchors away. Uh, Birthdays today. Paul Simon is 79. Sammy Hagar, the Red Rocker, is 73. Marie Osmond is 61. Was she a little bit country or was she a little bit rock and roll? Mm, I can't remember. I think it depends on what age. Was Donnie the rock and roll or was he the... I don't know. I think he was the rock and roll. Now, on my list of celebrity birthdays from the Associated Press, it says Kelly Preston is 58 today. We lost Kelly Preston, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah? Didn't we we lose... 
Yeah, Kelly yeah, Preston, John Travolta's summer, I think. Wife, John yes, Travolta's yes, wife. She yeah, passed away over the summer. I thought so too. So uh, rarely you'll see one of those sneak through on their mm-hmm. list. They're pretty. They're pretty up to date. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nancy Kerrigan is fifty one. Billy Bush is forty nine. Know what his birthday present was in twenty sixteen? <laughs> <laughs> he lost his job. Uh, <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen is forty nine today. I and love him. <laughs> AOC, but he's in that new uh, Aaron Sorkin Netflix movie, The Seven. Sasha Baron Cohen I, I is playing one of for that. The, yeah, he's hilarious. He he got quite a bit of him. quite a range. You probably Borat. recognize him. Probably, I'm not good with names. Oh, you don't know Borat? Have yeah, you seen Talladega a, Nights? That's a very yes. nice. He, Talladega, he's the foreign oh, racer gotcha. in Talladega Nights. Oh, I do like him. Yeah. He is funny. And AOC is 31 today. All right. She is. The Green New Deal is 29. Uh, gone but not forgotten, L.L. Bean, born in 1872, Nipsey Russell, born in 1918. Chart toppers. Please. Let's go to 1959. Just a jackknife. Bobby Darren. I can, sing this. Or I can play this on the saxophone. Mac the Knife. And it keeps it out of sight. I think that is you playing it on the saxophone. <laughs> Jeannie C. Riley, Harper Valley PTA, number one in 1968. Sorry, Misty, we don't have time for you to yeah, sing it. karaoke favorite. In 1977, Miko was number one with the Star Wars theme from the Cantina Band. Glass Tiger, Don't Forget Me When I'm Gone in 86. Mariah Carey, Fantasy in 95. Maroon 5, Surely Loved in 04. And Katy Perry, Roar. In 2013. Star Wars. The Bill Murray skit. (laughs) They were all basically the same song like this when you play them in this style. (laughs) But yeah, that was uh, Bill Murray playing a lounge singer. Uh, playing a lounge singer singing the Star Wars theme, which has no <laughs> lyrics to it, by the way. So, uh, MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Doing nothing. Remember, it's Silly Sayings Day today. Doing nothing is hard. Because you never know when you're done. Mm. Doing nothing is hard because you never know when you're done. Mm-hmm. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Misty Thomas, for Sam Gormley, I'm MB, and now you're